story. Welcome back to Pilot Boys. My name is Caesar. Today, we are joined by Karen. Hello. And Michelle, the editor. Hi, guys. Today, we are doing The Office. I should mention at some point that this is spoilers for the whole show. I'm sure everyone has seen The Office. <laughs> I know, but still, you know, like, you know how people are. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So, obviously, The Office is, like, one of the biggest sitcoms of the 2000s, 2000s. and... We started rewatching it because we've been on like a, like on like I guess like on a sitcom kick, but you know like I I'm curious to know because how many times have you seen it, Michelle? Fuck, I don't know. I, I I feel like it's one of those things where you can't really keep track of because yeah. like people just play it in the background all the time, like when we hang out. Yeah. So it's like I don't know how many times I've seen it. But I don't like, know how many times I've seen each episode. It. Oh, where you're like probably like. Four or five times? Yeah, I think mm. this was like my f- fifth rewatch. Fourth rewatch. Yeah. In its entirety? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. usually when I start it, I'll finish it. Wow. But it's also like, it's very easy to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even me, like, I've, I never watched it, but I, there are like episodes I've watched like three times. So Karen has a, she, she famous, not famously, because she's not famous, but <laughs> infamously, <not yet>. um, <laughs> infamously, she did not like, didn't like the show or like avoided it. Yeah. It was just like one of those shows that like everybody's like, oh my God, this is such a good show. And then I watch it. Like the first season was really rough and I, I just couldn't do like the cringe humor of it. And like, Michael was just like the worst. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't understand why people like this guy when he's like just super like cringy and like not a good person and only I, cares about himself when i rewatched it the second time i felt that way like i couldn't stand michael i was mm-hmm. like i fucking hate I, don't, I was like why do people like him i fucking hate this guy so much <laughs> but i think this time around i feel like i i i got different things this time which you know like it's, it's cliche whatever but like i feel like this time i was watching it in a way that I hadn't. Um, and we'll talk about that a little later, but what about you, Michelle? How did it feel? How did you first, like, hear about the show or watch it? And, like, what was it like then? And what's it like now, I guess? Uh, the first time I watched it, I was visiting my brother in Phoenix, and he didn't ask for, like, the week off when we visited. So there was, like, nothing for us to do during the day. And I guess his boss lent him the first and second season. And mm-hmm. I kind of just burned through that because I was bored as hell. Yeah. And I really liked it. I I ended up stealing his DVDs, actually. So I hope his boss didn't get mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was the first time I watched it. And I, I feel like I instantly like liked it. Like, like yeah, Michael yeah. Was, was kind of like annoying and hard to get through. But I still enjoyed like the whole... Like, the whole of what I had watched, and that's why I continue to watch it. And I really like. it. And you're it. one of those, like, you're one of those, like, The Office is my identity-ass foods. Like, you had the Dunder <laughs> Mifflin mug or something? Okay, yeah, but... Sweater? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll agree, yeah, but... I mean, not, not to be one of those people, but I feel like I did that before. It became, 
like a like a meme. <laughs> You're like an OG fan. Yeah. Yeah. You're a hipster about it. So you bought you exactly. bought a sweater? Is that is that what that was? I did. Or was I had it a sweater. Was it? No, it was like a Dunder Mifflin sweater. And I would wear it like yeah. every fucking day. It's like the only thing I wore. <laughs> But it, this is one of those shows that becomes people's like identity. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And but it's Michelle so funny. It yeah, well, of course. Yeah, Michelle's yeah, the first one to ever watch the show and be a fan. <laughs> but like, even even like my like my best friend like Lauda, she she only has like two shows that she loves, and it's Seinfeld and The Office, yeah. and that's her mm-hmm. identity. Two of the biggest comedy. Yeah, and like every birthday when I can't figure out what to get for her, I just get her like an office like yeah. <laughs> office merch. <laughs> Nice. I mean, One I, year I got her like a ream of of Dunder Mifflin paper. Yeah. paper. And you just put like Dunder Mifflin paper. It was like special order from Staples, or what? that was like a really like that was a year that I just didn't have much time for creativity. Jesus, but I, think I didn't even know that I was a thing. That, I think what we're talking about is like how the show is built to be kind of like. It does have like it. It felt like you know you were in it. You were in on this like community when you were watching it, but also like it was created to be kind of like loved by all. I guess you know like it has this wide appeal, mm-hmm. um, which is you know I, I guess like how do you guys think about The Office now? Like as this like now that it's like a phenomenon, it's like many years after it, it finished airing. Like how did it feel rewatching it? Did you like it more? Did you like it less? Well, this is the first time I was able to watch it in its entirety in one sitting. Um, but you had seen like the first three. I had, yeah, seasons. I had seen the first three seasons, and I was like, "All right, I get why people like it so much." But it's just like, I don't know. I guess I was like hesitant to like fall in love with the characters because I, I guess I was a hipster about it. I was like, "Oh, it's so mainstream. Like everybody loves it. Why should I give it my time?" But like I, watching it in its entirety now, like. Yeah, it is like it's very easy to fall in love with these characters because they're just they feel like regular people. They feel like you know, like, oh yeah, like there's there's Pam and you show up to work every day and like you see the receptionist, yeah. you know? So I see why it's like so beloved by so many people. Yeah. I feel like this time around I, I watched it as them perf- like the characters performing this their lives to the camera. Like, in a way where I hadn't seen it before. Like, I was watching it as, like, Jim knowing that someone is recording him and that, like, he's kind of putting it on. Also, like, he's very aware of the camera. And, like, most of these characters are aware of the camera. And some of them are more self-aware than others. But, like, I feel like this time around I was able to, like, hone in on that in a way where, like, that, when I was was watching it, my, like, suspension of disbelief didn't even allow me to... Mm. realize that it was like a reality tv setting i mean of course there are Mm -hmm. times where like the show forces you to think about that yeah but this time around that this is like my takeaway where i was just like oh yeah like these characters like the brilliance of their performance is that like they're performing for this tv show and they're performing for the tv show inside of the tv show and i'm like yeah there's there's a lot of layers going on Mm -hmm. here and this was definitely one of those shows that like was the first to do it what about you michelle did you get anything this this rewatch I feel like this rewatch, I was kind of expecting to not enjoy it as much just because, like, it is a meme to, like, The Office now. There's gifs everywhere. It's, like, it's so popular. Um, That's a good point. But I feel like when I came back to it, it was a very nostalgic, 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 
yeah, it was very comforting to watch. And um, it just kind of felt like revisiting, like, old friends or, like, my past. It was yeah. it was nice. Because, like, these fools, like, have no, like, the show exists. Like, it's it exists. And they have no idea of, like, what they were like in culture. It's not like any of that made it into the show. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, The Office is The Office now. And it's, like, everyone's identity. But, like, it feels like you just slip back into it. Like, oh, yeah, like, this is what we all fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of forget it when you're not, like, when you haven't seen it recently. Or you're not watching it. And you start to abstract it as, like, this show. You know what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, also, while it was airing, it was popular. But it, like definitely Game has reached more. like a huge level of success With post Netflix yeah like the fact Peacock. that like so i think that also plays into it right where yeah. it was popular but it wasn't like popular enough to like change the way the show was filmed yeah right mm-hmm. like the people in it were still felt like you know john krasinski is this huge star now but he definitely still felt while he was filming the show still felt like jim yeah. And he was Jim, and we all knew him as Jim. We didn't know him as John Krasinski. Yeah, the the mundaneness is very, like, present. Also, like, the fact that, like, not everyone is, like, a super hot fucking, you know, movie star or, like, actor. Like, mm-hmm. Friends is all, like, hot people just hanging out or whatever. Yeah, like, you bringing that up, I never really thought about that. Like, I feel like most shows, at least the main cast is, like, super attractive, but, like, everyone here kind of just looks like an average person you would see in an office. I mean, everyone just looks kind of... Not ugly, because it's fucked up to say, but, like, everyone just looks average. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I think the, the ordinariness is kind of, like, what's approachable about the mm-hmm. show, too. You know, like, you word work with at an office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, like, the time where it came out, because we've been watching, like, videos and shit, uh, like, about the history of The Office. Uh, and I didn't know that, like... You know, because reality TV at the time, there was a few shows that were, you know, hits, like Survivor and, like, I guess, like, American Big Idol, Brother. Big Brother. Like, there were a few shows that had proven that this was a model that could make money, mm-hmm. cheap, easy to film, whatever. And when this came out, it was like they had seen The Office from the UK and they wanted to ad- adapt it for American audiences. And they wanted to do, like, the mockumentary style or the faux mockumentary, faux documentary style. And they actually, like, hired people who worked in that industry to, like, make it look like that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, like, yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. Because, like, when you watch the show, it does feel very, like, fly on the wall. Like, talking heads, you mm-hmm. know, like, people are getting interviewed in between, like, whatever's happening on screen. And I'm like, yeah, like, the, the actual format of the show... There's not really much like it at the time. Like, yeah. it definitely spawned more like it to come, but I, there wasn't really much like this. Yeah, the way it was filmed was very, like, felt very organic. Like, found footage and, like, not that many people. Like, the like a voyeur, like, or looking. Like framing for, like, something is obscured and you can see them, like, kissing. Or yeah, talking. or, like, things ha- don't have sound because, like, the cameras are inside the building and, like, they're looking outside of the building. So how would they have sound that way, you know? Yeah. like So I think that that really does add to the feel of the show. Like, it adds, like, texture to where it feels like, oh, yeah, these are just people reacting, like, a way, like, that normal people would react because it's kind of reality TV for them. Yeah. But also the idea that, like, 
this is the most exciting thing that these people have probably experienced. Like a film <laughs> crew coming to their job and like asking them about their boring ass job. Like we rewatched the first episode just now and Jim is like bored out of his mind talking about the shit, but he's excited at the prospect that like he can do something like this. Yeah. And like Michael loves, he's a showman. He loves to like show off who he is. Yeah. So let's talk about the pilot. And we'll talk about the first season in general, because, like, it was pretty... I think it's important to the show in that, like, that's what caused it to change. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the first season, especially the pilot, are very much modeled after the original UK office. Mm-hmm. And it's very, like... They describe Michael as, like, a used car salesman. Yeah. Like, he's got, like, the balding little, like... Yeah. Greasy. He's, like, very shiny. Shit. But he's also, like, very appropriate, kind of, like, pseudo-racist <laughs> and, like, sexist. And, like, all the things that, like, you would expect from, like, a bad boss who so desperately wants attention and, like, people to think that he's, like, a good boss. How did it feel? Like, do you think that the, the pilot is is, like, a good pilot? Or do you think, like, it's bad in comparison to the rest of the show? I think it doesn't really hold up to the rest of the show. I mean, I feel like the pilot and the show itself are completely different because it was. Like, the the U.S. pilot was basically kind of like a... Like, they almost took everything from the U.K. version. Like, word for word. Shot for shot. Yeah, Yeah, shot for shot. So... It doesn't really feel like that's what it was because, like, The Office evolved so much. So, like, going yeah. back to rewatch it, like, like it feels strange. Like, yeah, like, you get a little bit of insight into the characters. But like you said, like, Michael's very unlikable and, like, it just doesn't feel, like, the same as the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like he's, like, a tyrant or, like, they're locked in inside of, like, this place with this, like, like menacing boss. Yeah, there's definitely a dread to Michael and, like, the way he interacts with people. Yeah. I was gonna say also, like, the way it's shot, like, it's so, like, desaturated. It just feels so... Like, the difference in The Office, like, the first season versus, like, all the other seasons. Like, all the other seasons are so much more, like, saturated. And it just feels more, like, like, colorful and, like, joyful. Yeah, like, the colors are very drab. I mean, even the costumes, I think, like, the wardrobe for everybody. Like, Michael's wardrobe, like, his his shirt is a little baggy. Yeah. You know, which mm-hmm. kind of adds to, like, just his general feel. And, like, and the way Pam is, like, dressed, too, is, like, very... I mean, Pam is dressed kind of drab for the first few seasons, right? And then yeah. she kind of has, like, a an awakening and then, you know, whatever. Um, but we can talk about that later, I guess. Uh I mean, in terms of the pilot, for me, I've watched the pilot now, like, a few times, and it always was, like, like it, it was, like, the barrier of entry. Like, I just mm. couldn't get past, like, the that first episode, because it's just so, like, like, the way he, like, at the end, like, that he, like, treats, I mean, I, I feel like, personally, I hate, like, secondhand embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Like, I get really, like, I feel like it's horror. Like, it's, it's horrifying to watch like people be grin- like embarrassed on screen and so much so that I have to like like yeah like it, it feels like a horror movie to me like I have to look away I have to close my eyes and I have to like shut my ears because like I can't I can't deal with it and so now that I've watched it a few times that feeling has like diminished a little bit but it's just it, 
it's so much different than the rest of the show. Yeah. Like, there's no warmth. Like, it doesn't feel like they like being in the same room. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, we just work here and we hate our boss. And, like, I want to die working here. The one that yeah. gets you the most is, like, the second or third episode, right? The Kelly. Oh, God, I can't the do it. Or the one yeah. where they do, like, the racial stereotypes. Yeah, I think that's, like, the second episode. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. I just can't. Like... I think Scott's thoughts for me is, like, the... <laughs> <laughs> that one's so fucking. That one, I think that's the worst for, in terms of cringe for me. But I agree. I like. I. Th- I think those are. That's a good point because uh, you know so much of like. I think why the show succeeded is because they infuse that like warmth into the characters. Like you don't even like the characters yet, and the first episode just hits you with like all this these like character traits, and like you don't like Michael Scott enough to like be like, oh, this is just how Michael Scott is. Like on the first episode, he's like he's. He's antagonizing these people with, like, his bad jokes mm-hmm. and, like, his bad pop culture obsessions. I um, mean, I don't know how, like, it is in the UK, like, how the show carries on in the UK. But, like, is is Michael, like, the villain? Is there, like, a like a villain for the Office UK? I would say Ricky Gervais' so. character kind of stays, like, the same. Like, he keeps yeah. that, like, first season Michael persona throughout the whole series. Yeah. And, like, the whole series is kind of more, like, is more, like, yeah, like, we fucking hate it here and we hate our boss. Yeah. Because the first season wasn't trying to create, like, likable characters like that. It was just, it was very British, like, very dry. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what I was, like, trying to, I guess, get at, is that there's, like, a different, like, you can't have... Like, American audiences like a likable character, I guess. Like, we just don't, Mm -hmm. we can't be that, we're not dry, and, and not as dry as like, but not even the just UK. dry. It's also like the like obsession with like, or not even obsession, but like like nihilism. Yes, yeah, it's know, like, nihilism, but also like this like acceptance of like this is the situation we're in. There's no improvement. This is just how it is. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> Carry um, on thing. Yeah, like if there's like this. There's, <laughs> like, it's just grin and bear it. Grin it's like big bear. repression and like yeah. repression and like just being okay with it kind mm-hmm. of shit. But, okay, so after the first season, after the pilot, we heard this interview with Michael Schur, the I think he's EP on this, and also creator of, you know, Parks and Rec, which also, interestingly enough, first season was not great. Mm-hmm. Like this, uh, he, he talks about this, he talks about how, like, after the success of 40-Year-Old Virgin, basically Steve Carell became, like, a household name and, like... Greg Daniels, the developer of the show, he wanted to infuse 20% of the humanity from, you know, the 40-year-old version of, like, creating, giving Michael Scott this, like, I don't know, like, this warmth. And he talks about how, like, everybody there was like, no, Michael, sure. Everybody there was like, no, this is going to ruin the show. Like, it's Mm -hmm. not going to be any good. And he's like, that's the difference between, like, a show that runs two seasons and a show that runs nine seasons or 200 episodes, whatever the fuck it is. And I think that that's a that's a great point because like you start to see the big difference in the second season where like there's a lot more care there's a lot more uh, care put into like just finding out how these people live and like how they talk to each other mm-hmm. and like the little relationships that develop. Yeah, I mean, I think after the first season, you really start to get more of a feel of what the show feels like for the like the rest of its run, where it feels like it's a family, like they're more like. There are more moments of, like, camaraderie where, like, yeah, you still get, like, 
mortified at certain situations that they find themselves in. But it's like, oh, yeah, it's just like, you know, it's like an endearing mortification. And, like, it's never that bad that, like, you can't, like, you know, gloss over it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better that, like, they changed uh, Michael's character because it's like, like you said, I I don't think it would have lasted past the second season if they didn't. I can't really think of, like, many American shows where, like, most of the cast is unlikable that, unlike it's gone on forever. I, I guess it's the only thing sunny. that really... Yeah, I was gonna say it's Always Sunny. But I feel like that's the yeah. point of Always Sunny. Like, that's the only thing I could really think of. Yeah, but also that that's, like, an anti-sitcom. It's, like, Seinfeld. Those are, like, anti... Like, I think that this show... You know, you don't think about it because, like... You don't see the, like, web of, like, connect connections or, like, the relationships between all these characters initially, like, in the first couple seasons. It isn't until, like, the Jim and Pam stuff where you're like, okay, this seems like the, the anchor to the, like, the dramatic anchor to the series. But, like, yeah, once you start to see these little, like, small relationships and, like, how this world starts to evolve, you're no longer like, oh, like, these aren't people that I don't, that I dislike. These are people who, like are a family and like I get to tune in and watch them and like they get to grow closer but like you know Michael Scott goes from this like terrible only cares about himself person to like this terrible only cares about himself person but he's kind of like sympathetic yeah with a heart Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you want to defend him it's because he's so like childlike and sad and sad (laughs) that people end up defending him I think in one of the things that we watched um, like the behind the scenes or whatever thing video that we watched, like they talked about, like in the Dundies, where like they start booing him. Like he's saying all this like racist, like really problematic stuff, and then the people in the restaurant have reactions to it. But like the fact that like his, his work co- family, yeah, his work family is there to defend him. I think is very like enig- enigmatic of like the relationship yeah. they have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such a it's a small moment, but it like. It really shows a change of, like, direction. Yeah. I yeah. think those moments of sweetness are really, like, the stuff that makes you feel for the show. Like, I think about when, like, Pam has her art show and, like, only Michael shows yeah. up. <laughs> or, like, Dwight and Pam's relationship. Mm-hmm. Or, like, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, a lot of little shit where, like, oh, these are little moments. But, like, that's, that's kind of how life is sometimes. Like, you just get these, like, little moments. And, like... They're funny, but, like, it's not always, like, a joke, like, a punchline, a joke punchline setup. It's just, like, it's funny because of how mundane they are and, like, how mm-hmm. how shit plays out sometimes and, like, how stupid Michael is most of the time. Yeah. I also think that changing Michael kind of really opened it up, like, for people to root for everyone in the office. Because, yeah. like, I, the first season, it kind of feels like it's the office against Michael, and like you guys said, like once the second season like starts up, like they really do feel like a family. Yeah. Like he's just like a weird uncle that says inappropriate shit all the time, but like everyone still loves him. Yeah, but he's still your uncle that like you understand he would say something like that and you can forgive him. Yeah. Yeah. But also he's just like he's like actually like a fourteen year old child. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Most of the time he's just, <laughs> he's just like. Just super horny, wants to, like, crack a joke at everything, never wants to do any work, which is funny because, like, one of the, again, one of the saving graces for Michael is that 
he's actually like a good salesman. Yeah, I love I love that yeah. gag. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into our favorite arcs later, but the Michael Spot paper company is still my favorite arc in the show. So, in terms of like, I guess like the big arcs, you want to talk about Pam and Jim? You think it is one of like the greatest romances on in TV history, or do you think it's like overrated? I thought. Well, I mean, I think it's it's iconic. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I, I kind of just way. hate what they do with. Pam and Jim, like, towards the end of the series. Mm. I feel like it mm-hmm. was good up until, like, the last season or so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the whole, like, uh... Like, I hated the part where they added the, the sound guy. Like, the sound guy was completely unnecessary. Like, why did... Why did they have to throw that in? Like, this yeah. whole, like... Like, oh, he's always liked Pam. And, like, there's something there. But, like, it doesn't even go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the part of the reason was because like audiences didn't like it, and Greg Daniels like came back for the last season because he left to go do Parks basically, and then they had new people like show running, and then that fool came back and it's just like yeah, I'm just gonna get rid of the <laughs> fucking like relationship with the sound guy or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think that all right, but that's way later. I'm talking about the build Sorry. up. I think watching these two people fall in love is is still i think it still holds up yeah i think it feels very earned like they deserve each other yeah like Like, a good way (laughs) it sounds like (laughs) bad like i mean like (laughs) for sure jim was like dirty mackin like since the first episode roy like shows up and he's like what's up dude like why are you (laughs) why are you fucking trying to hit on my girl or whatever um but you know like i think that that's I don't know if it's, it was for you guys, but that is what, like, hooked me into the show. Jim and Pam? Yeah, like, once I, I saw that, yeah. like, I think I think it was the second season. I was just like, oh, okay, well, like, there was something to, to look yeah. forward to or something, you know? Like, to like, see this relationship blossom. Yeah. But, yeah, that that's definitely what, like, brought me in. Because, like, I still, like, the way I think of The Office is in, like, I guess, like, sections. Like, I, I remember them, like starting to like you know court each other and then i remember like jim leaving and then i remember like her confessing her love Mm. to him at the the lava rocks thing Mm. and like i I think all that stuff still holds up like it is it is this character who's very repressed pam trying to deal with like her insecurities and like i don't know like unfulfillment Mm -hmm. with like her job and her profession and she does find this like small glimmer of hope in this person that she's she goes to work with because like you can see how much like they light each other up Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i actually think that it was like pretty great casting for them because like they really do have that chemistry yeah they have great chemistry Mm -hmm. i i think it also works the like like they marry each other their journeys marry each other where like Jim might not be as repressed as Pam, but he's not, not like, repressed. he's not ambitious. Yeah. Like, yeah. he just kind of, like, he's just like, yeah, I hate this job, and I'm just going to be here forever, and, like, I'm going to have a, you know, crush on the receptionist forever, and, like, that's my life. Yeah. And it isn't until, like, he realizes that, you know, Pam is going to get married, and, like, he, he has nothing there he, anymore. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like, I can't, do, I can't go on. He kisses her, and he leaves, and that's when, like, 
his character arc is finally changing. Like, that was a catalyst for him to start changing and to start becoming, like, more himself. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing for Pam. Like, they start blossoming into their own people while also, like, slowly falling, like, falling further in love with each other, you yeah. know? And I think that's why it's so, like, captivating about it. It's not that, it's not just, like, oh, yeah, like, Jim and Pam are meant to be. It's that, like, they're meant to be and also it's because they make themselves better people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cute, like, seeing their relationship blossom. And, like Karen said, it feels like they are meant to be, but then there's also that whole aspect of they do, like, help each other grow. And because of that, I feel like it's a, like, a healthy representation of, like, of a relationship, like, in media. Like, we're not used to, like, these stories where it's just, like, it's it's sweet, but then also, like, they have issues, but then also, like, they communicate with each other, but then also, like, they help each other grow. It's, it's like, complex, and it's just healthy, and it's, like, nice to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even they're, like, even when they're not together, like, the people that they date aren't bad. Like, yeah. I don't think Roy, I mean, Roy has a temper, but, like, I don't think he's, like, the worst person. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, he's not a bad person, but I think the there's definitely like negligence. But like they try to work, yeah. Like uh, they're not like fit for each other, but like they try to make it work. You yeah. know, like he tries a little. Like it's not like he's like this big brute that like doesn't care for her at all. Like yeah. he he cares about her, and like he eventually tries to work on things. And it just they're not meant to be. They didn't. It doesn't work out. But like the same thing can be said about like Jim's girlfriends. You know, like. Karen. I am a Karen of (laughs) We like her, right? Like, I think she's not, like, she's not a, like, she's, like, charming and, like, we see why they get along. I don't know. I didn't And it's not like you're, like, oh, fuck her for, like, being with Jim. You're just, like, yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah. So I I like that, like, the show wasn't just, like, uh, like, they dated these terrible people and, like, like, they're standing in the middle of, like, true love. Yeah, that is a good point. Because, like, we watch New Girl and there's a lot of, like... Ooh, you know, these these pairings where, like, you know they weren't gonna last or, like, you know that they weren't good for each other. And it's not like their relationship... Like, Pam only had one relationship. But, you know, it, it they definitely had their own dynamic. It just didn't work out for them. And, like, they found, I guess, I don't know, like, refuge in, in each other. Like, Jim and Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, like, it is a very traditional, like, pro-marriage story where it's just, like, you know, all the happy endings or whatever. But I guess here's where we can talk about, like, where it starts to lose steam. Because, you know, like, once they arrive at, like, their love or their marriage, it kind of seems like they kind of ran out of shit to, like, do Mm -hmm. with them. Which is why they started to throw in these, like, forced obstacles in the relationship. Which, I mean, I guess it's, like, it's a way to, like, create intrigue, but... It didn't really do anything for the character's relationship or the dynamic or anything. It's just like, oh, you guys are just arguing petty arguments just mm-hmm. to, like, solve them later. Yeah, the worst thing about that scenario was the the camera sound guy. guy. The set or the sound guy. Like, yeah. he's the, that was a terrible <laughs> idea. I don't, like, I don't understand why they, they would do that. But I do commend them that their problems did feel like they were grounded in things that we saw leading up to them you know like jim was finally like like ambitious and he has an idea but he keeps doing things without telling pam Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He doesn't communicate with her. And Pam's reaction would be like to draw back and like, well, you didn't tell me you were going to do this. You Like, I am going to uproot my whole life. Like, we have children. We, I have a job. Like, I don't know. It felt like it was a real, like, marriage problem. Yeah. yeah. Where, like, I mean, you have to communicate with your with your partner. But do you always want to see that on screen, though? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I think that the, the thing that was, like, the bad obstacle was the fact that Jim flipped out because she didn't record Cece's recital well, or whatever. Yeah. Which is just, like, okay, who gives a fuck, like doesn't even fucking matter. <laughs> like, I guess it's because he's away, but, like, who cares? I was going to say that also seemed very, like, not Jim. I don't know. I, I feel yeah. like yeah. Jim's character would have, like, laughed it off. Or, I mean, I get that he was stressed and that's, like, why he got, like, annoyed, like, on the show. But it just didn't really seem like Jim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that even though that scene is, like, you know, it's strange. I think that she's... I think Jenna Fisher, like, had... It was a great performance, like, when she... Yeah, that's true. Because, you know, you've never seen her, like, take criticism, like, in real time. Where, like, someone presents something, like, really fucked up to her. And she just, like, doesn't know how to react. Because she's, she's a very, like, inward person. Mm-hmm. And, like, when Jim says that, like, she starts crying on camera. And then that's when the whole, like, shit happened. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, I don't think that that, that whole like, story arc was great. But I thought Jenna, Finish- Jenna Fisher's performance was good. Mm-hmm. Personally. Yeah. I guess it is iconic. It's an iconic story. Truly. But, I don't know. Boring. I just... Too, too vanilla? It was a little too vanilla. Like, it was a little too, like, ugh, like, they're gonna end up together, and, like, we all know it. I think maybe that's why I was a little, like, I was upset that I was watching marital problems. Yeah. But also, I'm like, you know, this is something this is something you know like Mm -hmm. couples experience this all the time so i did appreciate like at least that little semblance of realism yeah and i guess we can just go there because just the 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 marital problems and like the obstacles thrown into the relationship is very much like a post michael uh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. arc or story or whatever so i guess we can talk about like michael leaving and or like the the michael leaving and then the post michael seasons what did you guys... How did you feel about, like... For, all right. The first question I want to ask is, do you think that the show suffered once Michael left? Because I, I think that's the question that everybody asks. Definitely. I, I feel like when I first watched it, I was very, like, oh, no, like, it's not different. It's fine. Like, it could still carry on. But, like, like every time I rewatch it, I, I, I feel it more. You, you know? Really? Just, yeah. I'm just like, oh, God. Well, like, what, really... what was missing or what didn't you like? I don't know. It just felt like off. Ba- like it was still funny, um, but there just wasn't like a balance. I don't know. And I, I just didn't like the people that replaced him. Like I fucking Andy, hated right? Will Ferrell on it, and then oh, I okay. hated. Yeah. I didn't like Robert California, and then also like <laughs> Andy. Andy was starting to be likable, and then all of a sudden he became be- he became manager, and then he was fucking annoying again. Like, why? See, I actually think that he was starting to become likable. So once Andy becomes manager, I thought he was starting to become likable as manager. And then they ripped all of that mm. because he wanted to be, like, a fucking singer or whatever. Yeah. Or, yeah, he, weird. like, left on the boat. Yeah, because, like, I feel like what worked, what worked for Andy was that, like, they started to give him a little more, like, Michael Scottness, mm-hmm. where, like, mm-hmm. you know, he failed, but, like, everyone... buffoon. Yeah, but, like, his, his, you know, his co-workers were, like, 
yeah, you know, you fucked up, but, like, you're still the nard dog or whatever. Mm. And that was sweet. You know, like, those moments were sweet. But I think to answer that question, or do you want to answer first? Like, did it suffer? Like, did yeah, the show suffer? I think it did suffer. But I think with Andy, they found, like, a good replacement. Like, it's somebody that we knew that we had gotten to, to know for a while, for like, for a few seasons now. He was very similar to Michael in personality-wise already. Mm-hmm. But then just this, like, yeah, the Nardog episode, like, that felt like he was working towards being the best possible manager he could be, and that felt earned, and, like, that felt like a victory for him. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then, like, he went on a boat. Well, I, and, I disagree. Like, I don't think that was earned. I think they just gave it to him. Like, I think his entire life is nepotism. Mm-hmm. And, like, like privilege. Like, I think I think he, he becomes likable once he's already in the role. Like, once he's in the manager role. But I don't think he should have gotten that fucking shit. Like, I think, I think it might have been a political play. Because he's one of the comedy actors who had, like, probably the, a bigger profile a bigger at the profile. time because of Hangover. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't... I didn't hate him as manager because I think they were starting to infuse him with, like, that, like, dumbness that Michael had. But, like, still kind of likable... But also, like, he was fucking spineless. Like, I... Like, Michael is, too, for sure. Like, Michael tries to get out of everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, this fool would, like, ask people to, like, do shit for him. And, like, he just... He just, he just seems like... Like, you can walk all over him. But, like, I mean... Yes. But I think that it's just highlighted when he comes back from his boat trip. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. when, like, his character just has no, like, way of coming back. Like, yeah. he's terrible to everybody around him. He's, like, he has no redeeming qualities after that. And I'm, I'm saying that, like, prior to leaving, he was working towards becoming, yeah. like, a good replacement. Agreed. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like the show didn't really suffer that much from him leaving. Like, I actually ended up liking a lot of the characters more and like they got more more like role more speaking roles or like more started oh well actually I don't know about that because I'm in that video that we watched they talked about how like some of the side characters didn't get as many like lines because they were like bigger profile actors starting to come to like fill in the vacuum Mm -hmm. that Michael left Mm -hmm. but I feel like the comedy was still there and like the gags were still good like a lot of the, the like gags that people like are post Michael gags. Like, I'm thinking like the gym one, like the, the Asian gym one. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of stuff that I, I I think still works. I just think that because there's that vacuum or like there's that like symbol that kind of looms over the office, you start to feel that way. But I think mm-hmm. that the issues was just like. It just started to run out. Like, the, the show was starting to come to an end. Mm-hmm. Like, this style of comedy, this style of, like, sitcom was already, like, cemented. And, like, it was already starting to go on its way out. Like, Parks Ends and Modern Family was, was the biggest thing at the time, which kind of just, like, that was the, the biggest mockumentary show, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, The Office is huge, but I think Modern Family is still a bigger show. So I just feel like it just started to run its course. Yeah. Like, mm. but I, I, I think personally, and it's because like, I, I still don't know where I land in terms of like, do I like Michael or don't I like Michael? Cause like without him, things still work. Like, I don't know. Like I, I feel like shit still 
it's funny it's so interesting but it's because like the show feels like it has like the way the show that it was structured it feels like it has like a place for insert michael a plot or whatever Mm. that people think that way but i don't know that's just me personally i I just don't know if like i like michael enough to be like he's the reason why i watch this show Mm. yeah i mean i think the show is still watchable after he left but i guess like what was the problem was that like the replacement aspect of it yeah that is like like the replacement story arc yeah like they kept like it was like oh like uh d'angelo i mean i liked i actually liked robert california but like it ultimately didn't lead anywhere like i just think he was like such an over-the-top character that i would have liked to see what ridiculous stories they could come up with. I think they could have mined, like, some really funny stuff from, like, this billionaire villain. That I kind of <laughs> like Robert California. He's... But, like, yeah, but in a way where, so like... so ridiculous. Yes, in a way, because, like, I don't... Again, like, I don't necessarily like Michael as a person, but he's entertaining to watch sometimes, and I, I feel mm-hmm. the same with Robert California, because he's so ridiculous. Like, the things that he said were just, like... I don't even know what he said, but it was always, like... Like, he's staring at the camera, or he's just, like, like, his intense stare. I I think he's got such a, like, great, uh, like, uh, what's his face? Uh, James James Spader? Yeah. I think he he has a great performance. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if it fits with the show, necessarily. Yeah, he felt like he was coming from, like, another show. But that's also kind of what made it, like, like, in, in the replacement Michael world, like, replace michael with somebody that's completely different from him like does not care what anybody thinks is like self-actualized is actually a millionaire yeah Mm -hmm. um like all things that like michael wanted so it's like his complete foil yeah confident yeah doesn't care about what other people want (laughs) it's like yeah like the exact opposite of michael which i think like could have made it work but like they just kind of fumbled it but i I was glad that d'angelo left though um, yeah, that, that he felt, was terrible. Yeah. He was bad. Like yeah, I don't just, think he fit the show. Mm-mm. Which is, you know, I, on paper you would think because like he's got a, a similar sensibility to Michael and that like the comedy ness of it all. But the character just felt super out of place. So Michael leaves right uh, mm-hmm. season seven. Yeah. What did you think of his like his arc, Holly and uh, Michael's relationship or mm-hmm. whatever? Did you think that that like just came out of nowhere or like you think it works i really like them when like the first time around that they were together like i like them as a couple mm. i think it made sense they were both really dorky and i think holly functioned to like balance him out a little bit mm-hmm. and I, I think the fact that she leaves and the way that the show makes her leave was really cruel to michael and it just showed like how much like devoted michael is to the job in a way that he doesn't even realize that it's ruining his life yeah Mm -hmm. and that was a nice touch yeah and i think it like it it built him up as like a better like as an act it felt like a person's very tough decision like he felt like a real person in that in that also marries dwight's arc too with the company Mm -hmm. who like was obsessed and then like gets betrayed basically yeah so Mm -hmm. i i think i liked it as a story for he did pull out a gun though (laughs) (laughs) but yeah but like i think like it was really good that the show like it was cruel that the show did that to him but also like a a character moment for him and then like afterwards though like that they kept teasing the relationship with like her showing up here there felt even crueler to me like i just didn't know like Mm -hmm. if she was gonna be out of the picture have her out of the picture and not like 
you know, tease her here and there and there, and then like finally have her come back seasons later and yeah. like having. I, I just didn't like the pace, I guess, I, of the relationship. I feel like when I watched it, I was like, oh yeah, they get together quick, and then I'm like, wait, this is spaced out for many seasons, and like these, they don't get to like he dates multiple people in between, mm-hmm. right? Doesn't mm-hmm. he date like Pam's mom? Yeah, yeah, in between all of it. Yeah, but I, I agree. Like I think. The the way that they set it up was, was... But I think that that's also what Michael needed, you know, to, like, realize... Like, I think that that's what forced him to grow. He realized that, like, this thing that he's devoted his life to is, like, not doing anything for him, really. Mm-hmm. And, like, what he actually wants is connection with people. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that that, that was kind of, like, the impetus for him, like, growing up, basically. Yeah. I feel like the second time around, like, when they brought Holly... It felt very, like, like since it was so long ago, it like, you know that they love each other and you know, like, the show has written them to be, like, good for each other, but it kind of seemed like, like, I wanted more of it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like they didn't really, like, grow back into it. It was kind of like they were thrown back in and, like, oh, yeah, like, we're together again and we love each other and, like, everything's great. Like, it just... Like what Karen was saying, like it just the pacing just didn't seem right. Yeah, because yeah. she so she has a, a boyfriend, and then yeah. something that Michael said. Oh no, 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 she's just trying to figure out if he likes her, right? And then she she breaks. She it wants off. her boyfriend to propose to her. That's right. And then he doesn't propose to her. Yeah. And then they break up. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there are certain parts of like their story like their relationship michael and, and uh, holly's relationship that were a little clunky but i mean they get there at the end mm-hmm. i guess which is yeah what's important but yeah I, I, it's definitely not as seamless as like the jim and pam court yeah where it was yeah. like a slow build slow gradual build up where like michael and holly were like we're together and we love each other and then we're broken up yeah. And that's it for five seasons. And then all of a sudden, like, they're back. I mean, you know, however many seasons. Yeah. It just it felt like a little too convenient that, like, oh, yeah, the woman of my dreams is back. And now I'm going to propose to her. Yeah. And that's my love. That's my happy, ha- happily ever after. But yeah. it was very, watching it was very sweet. Yeah. And it felt yeah. earned. It felt like Michael deserved to be happy with somebody that he loved. Yeah. And then that, like, him actually leaving was also like mm-hmm. some of the biggest drama tearjerkers. Mm-hmm. Like that scene with him and Jim, I think is still like fantastic. Where he's yeah. just like, "I'll just tell you tomorrow" or whatever. And then where like Pam comes and like all that whole shit is very sweet, very like gets at, at your emotions mm-hmm. or whatever. Okay, so let's talk about Dwight and just Dwight, I guess. And then we, I guess we can talk about his relationship with <laughs> This Angela. is Dwight section. <laughs> There's just so many characters in the show that it's, like, difficult to, like, just focus on a couple. But, like... Yeah. All right, what do, we, what do you like about Dwight? Well, Dwight, for a real long time, I did not like him. He's because a fucking he's, cop, dude. Yeah, right? like, you're not meant to like him. <laughs> he's such a fucking cop. But also, like, you're you're like Dwight. But, yeah, and then I, well, you didn't let me continue, Link. But also, I probably have the most in common with him. <laughs> personality wise i just really like to follow the rules yeah i mean definitely not the like oh well no you like to correct people too (laughs) (laughs) she is like the i'm actually person well i didn't i didn't i mean but like i think that dwight 
at, like if you don't know anything about the character, he's probably the most misunderstood character because like he also has like insecurities and like you know like unfulfillment i guess as well mm. I, I guess all the characters kind of have that but like in dwight it is kind of tragic at some point where it's just like fuck i just feel bad for this character like i don't even like he he just is kind of a punching bag at some point and i think that he actually has a very satisfying character arc at the end where like he becomes mm-hmm. manager because mm-hmm. you see him like <laughs> actually have to work for like all this shit and he continues to be like the best employee and like he's got like a lot of sweetness to him especially with like mm-hmm. pam and like even jim yeah i mean i love dwight but like he can be annoying sometimes like he can just be a bit much yeah more than michael <sighs> i no. i actually i don't know i feel like they're on par with each other like they just feed off of each other yeah <laughs> they do um but dwight's like a better friend ish well actually you know what they infused him with like a lot of betrayal do you remember like the betrayal stuff the where like he's betraying michael episode? yeah oh my god i love the that episode right, so where like, he betrays oh uh he basically goes behind well angela kind of does like a what is her name like a lady Macbeth thing where like she convinces mm. dwight to kind of like mm-hmm. take over yeah. as as manager so like she basically wants Dwight to go talk to Jan and try to take his position and he goes through with it. He tells Michael that he's he's going to the dentist and that's why he he'll be gone so long, but like he was actually talking to Jan trying to take Michael's position and like one of the most hilarious scenes is when he comes back and Michael knows all this because <laughs> Jan has called him and he asks him like <laughs> about his dental work and he's just like inspecting his teeth and he's like what's the name of your dentist and he was like oh his name is Crentist and Michael responds with like that sounds a lot like dentist and Dwight's like yeah that's probably why he became one that <laughs> was like I, the yeah, best I, I thing that ever scene, that scene where like that exchange that back and forth between uh, Steve Carell and Brian Wilson is fantastic I think that was like, improv like, actually right yeah. yeah. Like, he's, like, really groveling, good. like, begging for his job, and, like... <laughs> yeah, I think that the, their dynamics are hilarious. Like, the shut up, you... Or Dwight, you stupid slut, or, like, shit like that. It's just... <laughs> yeah. I think they're they're a great duo. Yeah, I, I think in terms of, like, endgame stuff, like, at the end of the season shit, or series, I should say, it was, like, it felt like the sweetest moment when, like, Dwight becomes... Because he, at this point, like, he's a fucking... 1080 from like the character that he was in the beginning like yeah he's he's still he's still confident he's still like has a lot of what's the word i'm looking for ego Mm -hmm. like he thinks highly of himself Mm -hmm. but at the same time like now he has the capacity to like care for his you know employer his uh his co-workers i wonder if that is that happened because of because michael left that like he was finally able to, like, I don't know, just open himself up to, like, being with these, these people that he worked with. Like, mm. I think that has something to do with it. Because he immediately, he becomes, like, right after Michael leaves, they offer him the job, right? Or after, like, all the other people fall through, they offer him the job. Like, interim manager. And then he has the gun incident. Mm-hmm. 
It's yeah. almost like he was too he was too young to like be manager and he needed to like have empathy in order to find truly become mm-hmm. the manager or whatever. I think he grows a lot after that episode where uh all his friends come in and he realizes that all his friends are fucking weirdos. Yeah. And like that's when he kind of like accepts like his friends oh. from like the office as like his true friends. Yeah. And I feel like that's <sighs> when you really get to see Dwight kind of I guess, have, like, a better relationship with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I also like the blossoming of Jim Jim and Dwight's relationship. Like, I think at the end of it, they genuinely become friends. And yeah. the majority of the show, they were arch nemeses to each other. I think some of my favorite episodes of, like, the pranks, though, are when Dwight wins. Like, when Dwight beats... <laughs> Jim, you know, like the snowball yeah, episode. The snowball? Right? <laughs> <laughs> he fucking, like, kicks his ass. Traumatizes him. It's, it's satisfying because, like, Jim is so, like, smug. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's so smug that he knows that he's always going to beat Dwight. But, like, Dwight shouldn't be underestimated because Dwight goes, like, all the way. Like, he doesn't give up. Yeah. So it was really satisfying to see, like, that smug smirk on jim's face like yeah. turned into like this like bruised face yeah there's also so many good bits on the show that it's like hard to like just point and like pinpoint a couple let's just talk about angela and dwight's no, relationship good or bad overall i, f- I feel like it felt earned because they were both kind of despicable and i don't know if i could forgive like if my cats meant that much to me <laughs> and like <laughs> So it shows what happens. It's so dark. Like, so Angela has a bunch of cats, and she, like, one of them needs special medication, and Dwight volunteers to, like, take care of the cat. But then, like, afterwards, Dwight's like, your cat died. I put it in the freezer to preserve the body so it wouldn't smell. Yeah. And then afterwards, Angela checks in the, f- I mean, we don't see this. This she is all Angela telling you. But Angela checks the fridge, and, or the freezer, and, like, all of her, all of her freezer bags Rock are ripped up. up. <laughs> <laughs> Save bandit. You know, I'm like, if like if my cats mean that much to me, I don't know if I can yeah. ever forgive. I mean, she definitely was. Dwight she definitely murdering had reason it. to like leave him. Like that's some crazy <laughs> shit. But Angela's just as bad, though. Like, how many, like, she was cheating on Andy and also, like, on her husband while while still trying to be, like, holier than thou. Yeah. I think part of the relationship is built on repression. Like, because they're both very repressed. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they are able to, like, get out that repression with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, they actually fuck and, like... They're not, like, weirdo. Like, Angela's a weird fucking person mm-hmm. who, like, I don't know what the fuck her behavior, where, where her did she cat get? cam? Like- yeah, where did she get her, like, <laughs> like, how did she become an adult? She read, like, a manners book? Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck she is as a person. What did you think, Michelle? Yeah, I, I feel like they definitely, like, strike that, like, balance with each other. Because she is very repressed, but Dwight's also, like, very crazy, and they just kind of, like balance each other out in a sense um also what we were talking about like the stuff that they kind of did to each other i mean angela kind of hid like 
her hid Dwight's son from him. Like that was yeah. also very oh, funny. Yes, that's, right. that's, that's true. Right. That is very true. And he was like chill about it. He was just like, let me see the baby. He's like, all right. He already thought that's it was truth. his child, and she lied about like the paternity test. She yeah. Yeah. like straight up lied to him. Yeah. So, what did you think about like how they ended her story? Like she she becomes destitute, like poor, and like. She doesn't have, like, anything going for her anymore, really. She keeps, she's, like, fucking up at work. She's, like, drinking on the job. Like, do you think that that came out of nowhere, or do you think it made sense? It was, like, I think it made sense. But it was also a little sad. Like, I felt bad that I felt it was, like, satisfying to see her downfall. (laughs) (laughs) Plotting on her downfall? Yeah, because she's such a bitch to everybody that, like, she has, like, no no self-awareness that like her life is falling apart and then her life falls apart it's like this is what you get (laughs) but it's not like the fact that like you know people are like um oscar like offers her like refuge was really sweet you know like it just like it's like nobody is like beyond like nobody is irredeemable and nobody is beyond help you know like everybody helps everybody if they really need it yeah yeah i agree i think it also makes sense because angela's like like she's a very traditional character, so in order, like, for her to like go on live television and have her husband like come out to everyone, like to her character, that would be like such a mortifying event that that would yeah. cause her to kind of like go off the deep end and yeah, like question herself, basically. Yeah, so I feel like it did make sense for her character to like have this story arc. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's talk about... We can close it out after this, but... What are your favorite characters and, like... Or favorite stories? Like, arcs? Because we can't talk about all of them. We gotta talk about, I guess, a couple that we like. I feel like we talked about all the main characters. So maybe, like, background characters? Yeah, like, what are your favorite non-main cast characters? Ryan was my favorite character for a long time. Because (laughs) he's, like, despicable and a piece of shit. But he's so fucking entertaining to watch. Like, some of the shit he says is just like hilarious. Like, it, I think I, I didn't. I I also didn't really notice how much he was like the the avatar for like a hipster at the time. Where like yeah. I thought that it took a couple years for like media to catch up and like you know like be very. I, I don't know to like a uh, parody that that kind of person in like the the BlackBerry yeah like the be, BlackBerry you like expect like, everybody to have a BlackBerry now like he was like into certain music and films and he had like a app or whatever like all the <laughs> all this hipster shit that like he came out such a big Smokey years... Robinson fan exactly it with with uh Pam yeah <laughs> I I love their their dynamic too that was pretty great the way yeah. they like just fire off at each other. Yeah, I think it, it made sense too because it made <clears throat> Pam break out of her shell too. Cause yeah, she can't that's like true. when he when you're faced with a character that's like odd, like so condescending and patronizing at every turn, you have to speak up for yourself. Yeah, because then it's just you're just keeping bottled up all these emotions. And so I think when they were faced with each other for so long, like I think pa- that's when Pam like found her voice. Yeah, which that mm-hmm. is my. To finish the favorite story arcs, the Michael Scott Paper Company is still my favorite. Because I remember, like, I think that that's the point in the show. And, like, not to get way too, like, more into, I guess, like, the meat and potatoes. But I feel like 
the show with one of the things that the show does really well is like there's a lot of movement in the show and like there's a lot of movement in the story and like they end up at different places like sometimes it just feels like kind of like sleight of hand they're just back where they were but like other times like i when i was watching the first time i watched like the michael scott paper company arc uh in season five i was like oh shit like the show is going to change. Like, I fucking hate Charles. I can't even... Like, I considered... Oh I remember telling Michelle, I was like, I considered, like, stopping the show because I, I hated how much, like, it started to feel like the adults are here and, like, they can, no one can play mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like there was a lot of these moments in the show where, like, they shifted the characters around and, like, they moved and, like, it kept me engaged, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kept, like, moving the chess pieces. What, what are your favorite what's your favorite character and story arc i mean i don't know if it's my favorite but i do want to highlight the the office retreat or the dunder mifflin retreat yeah um because i feel like we see them all working together as a team like it felt really refreshing to see like pam jim and dwight on the same team and like just want to win you're talking about when the volleyball yeah the volleyball section of it and then afterwards like we find we found out that like she's pregnant pam is pregnant and i just i think it was like a very sweet moment and just like a like a good rounded episode where it felt like things were like new and like constantly moving while still like yeah like they can argue amongst themselves but when they're against someone else like they can come to yeah them. yeah what, what about, about character what's was my favorite character yeah that's not the main cast mm. or main cast it's up to you I don't know. I don't know if I have. I think Meredith. Yeah. Just goes unspoken. Like everybody <laughs> forgets like about a, her, but I love her. An icon, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I love that she gets like at the end of the last episode. She's just, like, I was in this was yeah. Like this wasn't. I just hate that they portrayed me this way because like the entire time that it was sh- it was shooting, like we were shooting for the show. I was like getting my PhD in child psychology, yeah. <laughs> and it just felt like such a mic drop. Yeah. For her character. <laughs> Uh, and just she's just so like she's so crazy. Like, she's always like down for shit and like says whatever Has she wants. Has her tits out. Yeah, it's, it's like, like ridiculous. Were you? Did we say we're gonna bang if I got fired? <laughs> 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 so I think like whenever like her like whenever she speaks, it's just so ridiculous and I love it. Yeah. Um, what about you, Michelle? I also really like Meredith, but I think another one of my favorite background characters was Creed. Hell yeah. Cause like hell yeah, he was just fucking wild. Like some shit he says, I was just like, "What is go?" Like, oh my god. I mean, the main the guy who plays him is like a rock star, and I feel like you kind of do get that like that like old rock star confidence like from Creed. <laughs> and he yeah. just says like wild shit all the time. Like in the end, like he ends up joining some fucking cult or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just crazy like it's just entertaining to watch him and like yeah. i really like uh that one episode where they're doing a like a murder mystery and he comes in <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like, and like, Michael's like to you. there's been a murder and he's like okay hold on boss i'll be right back and you just see creed like <laughs> run to the parking lot and take off it was fucking hilarious Dude, so good or like it was a Halloween episode or something, and he was like splattered in blood, the and they're Joker. like, and they're like, oh, I didn't know this was like a, a dressing up Halloween party kind of thing. And he's like, oh, I didn't know either. He's like, Good timing. 
There's a theory that he's he's one of the like scramblers. Like he's possibly one of them. Mm. Oh yeah, Toby. Toby's, Toby. Yeah, Toby's. Toby's so fantastic. great. I fucking, <laughs> like oh. I think that those are some of the most like cringe parts. But like. Just, like, how much they shit on him. It's so, so good. Sad. Like, him and Michael, I think, like, have such a great dynamic. <laughs> and, like, how they just, like, talk shit to each other. And also, like, when you see Toby win a few times, it's hilarious. Yeah. But I think I think the best moment is when, like, he touches <laughs> Pam's leg. Oh, and then it's oh, so oh, awkward. It's so awkward. He has to, like, <laughs> jump over the fence. <laughs> Away, yeah. doesn't he like not show up afterwards? He's, like transfer. <laughs> That's when he leaves to Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or he's and no, is that when he leaves? I, yeah, right. No, 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 like no, no, after no, that. No, that's no. when he decides to leave. Yes, that's mm. right. Because the one he leaves, they throw the the the, the fair or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then he just and he has like, that exit interview with Holly and Michael. It's like so yeah. awkward. What is he saying? Is, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Like, those those are all great characters. I mean, Stanley is funny, but, like, I think Stanley is probably, like, the least interesting. But he has his moments, though. Because like, no. I like Kevin a lot. Or maybe I like Stanley's hilarious, I like those too. Stanley has, like, three affairs, and then, like, he ends yeah. up, like, in fucking Florida. I mean, Boy, I like have you lost Stanley your mind, because I'll help you find it. <laughs> That's your favorite. We watch it like two times. I love that. I love that too. But I like that like Stanley and Phyllis are like the old, you know, the older people uh, of the group. That was a sweet moment. But yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, like when when like Jim or when Jim asks him to like, yeah, like Jim is leaving and he's like, hey, could you like take he wine like he he takes him out to dinner and like they get really drunk and he's like, can you take care of my clients for me? And he's like, of course, of course, of course Jimmy. Jimmy. Like we love you. It was so I, sweet. I was yeah. talking about the moment at the end where he's like. uh Everybody thinks Stanley's a big grump, but like he sewed me. I don't know what I don't know what it is. He just carved like, her like a, a statue of herself, but she has like a flamingo legs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was just like a lot of yeah. sweet moments. Yeah. Um, I think Daryl was a great addition to the end because I think yeah. he he play, he has this like this way of like you know he's both like too cool for the show, but also like he takes a lot of L's or like he. There's a lot of like deprecation with him, where like he's just, he like, like tries something up. and he kind of fails, and he even though people don't make fun of him for it, he kind of like internalizes. Yeah. The ha- like, or I mean, like the the interview. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> he like, goes to the interview. Oh my god. <laughs> and he kills the fish. <laughs> that close up of the of the fish floating. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I think that there's a lot of sweet moments with him and Michael, or like he's doing the blues, or like you know, just like little moments. Oh my between god! Between like all the characters, I love that relationship that he has with Michael, where where he tries to teach Michael, like, oh, this this, this is like how we talk, this See, is how black people flip. talk, this is how like it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why I think that character, like, I don't think that all the things age that like Michael Scott says, but. It's the fact that he doesn't know that he's even being racist. He just says these things and has doesn't really know like what's wrong with them. Like I think the episode that aged the worst is probably the Asian, where like he the goes to thing? yeah, where he like m- puts a mark on on one of the Asian. Oh my women. god! I oh, didn't realize god, it the yeah. first time I watched it, but like obviously, like I, like when I rewatched it, I realized. That the girls that he brings to the office are not the like, same one. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What yeah. the fuck?" 
But yeah, yeah. and then like he marks her. <laughs> it was so cringy. Yeah. I could not. But then also his character Ping, like that did not age well at all. Yeah, I agree. I thought the Packer stuff was funny at the end too, where he like he like had like a mastermind plan. Oh, right? uh, with the cupcakes. Yeah, he got everybody high or whatever. He just threw in a bunch of drugs. Yeah. And laxatives to the cupcakes. And, and then Kevin, like, eats another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Kevin's great. Like, what other characters are there? Oscar. I think Oscar. Oscar's, Oscar's great, funny. too. Like, like I, the, that relationship between him when, like, Andy and Angela were starting to court. And, like, they have that moment at that retreat or whatever. That was a sweet moment between uh, Oscar and Andy. Oh, and, like, He's, Andy's like, text, like, like oh, you're texting her? <laughs> yeah. They're like actually friends. Like, oh, like let me let me be your wingman. Yeah. And like Andy's like, I don't care if you're gay or straight. I'm gonna be your wingman. Yeah. It was very sweet. Yeah, yeah. there. I mean, Karen actually liked Andy. Like when we were yeah, I was like, I was like, I'm like, oh, he went on his like anger management sessions, and he came back like a pretty likable dude. You know, yeah. a buffoon, but a like a likable dude. I like him. And then like all of that goodwill was kind of wasted. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron. I guess oh, yeah, I mean, I like, I, I actually really like Erin because I think she's, she just has this like, <laughs> this funny delivery to her. Like, I don't think she's yeah. always like the best character to like see around, but I think once they figure out the character, she's hilarious. Like when she's a hipster, hipster. And she's like, oh dancing. my god, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, yeah, it's a, I think that most of the characters kind of work. I, I didn't really care about the the interns at the end, like the the fake. Jim and Dwight, and Dwight Jim, yeah. the little Jim, Jim and, Dwight and Dwight characters. Those are fine. Uh, I think that's kind of all. Anything yeah. else you want to say about the show? Oh, like an ongoing joke that I like that I, I, f- I forgot about that I said. I mean, I was going to say, but with Stanley and Phyllis, is that they make them it, like very sexual. Like, <laughs> Phyllis, like oh, I love right. the ongoing gag yeah, that like Phyllis was like, uh, they're planning a party and there's like exotic... Uh, pornographic cakes and she's like oh yeah I'm always looking for a good <laughs> pornographic like, <laughs> like exotic cake maker yeah and then she fucks in the restroom with yeah. like Bob Vance when they go to oh the restaurant God. or whatever yeah. like I love that running gag that Phyllis is like hypersexual so is Stanley though which is yeah, yeah. that's a good point yeah. I totally for, yeah Meredith is also hypersexual yeah which is weird because like Jim and Pam are the opposite like they're very asexual. I was like uncomfortable when they talked about having sex uh, in, the office. in the office, yeah, and I'm just like they're not they're not supposed to talk about this. Yeah, I mean the show does have like a lot of sex in it. Pretty, I mean they don't tr- like it's not filmed in that way, but like Dwight and Angela fuck, Kevin's pretty asexual, but Oscar and the the senator fuck. Mm-hmm. Creed seems like he fucks everybody, and yeah, like but for the most part, yeah. But I think it is a good point that like old people. Be We're fucking, fucking you know? yeah. Like they have very active sex lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you you want to say about the show that we didn't mention? No, I love it. Obviously, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Do you think <clears throat> that the show still has like a life now? Like, do you think people should still watch it? You think it's still like it's it's easy to hook new audiences? I guess. I think so. I mean, once you get past the first season, I think. You you fall in love with them. Yeah, you want like it, it's very comforting. It's like oh, like another episode with my friends. Yeah, and so yeah. many of them became like household names after. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Carell got like Oscar nominated, and 
Jim is like a fucking billionaire. <laughs> I, mean, I like Jenna and Angela. I think started a podcast about The Office. Oh yeah, The Office ladies. Yeah, and then uh, Stanley tried to create, tried to kickstart a Uncle Stan spinoff, <laughs> unofficial, <laughs> unlicensed, and did not get picked up at all. Yeah, but. Or the backdoor pilot, also like. Oh yeah, the 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 farm. The farm. That 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 yeah, was no, bad. I don't. I would not watch it. It felt so. It felt so like backdoor pilot. Yeah. I'm like they like, even why changed are we the watching? way it was filmed. Yeah. Like, the music. It was strange. It felt gross. All right. Well, I mean, obviously, there's everything has been said about the show, and it was fun to rewatch. Like it, it, it truly is. Like, like it's it's. It's like almost like a genius crafting of the show where like you can just watch this thing seamlessly and like just feel like you you were watching it the first time or like it's it really mm-hmm. is created in such a way where like it has this rewatchability built into it. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it meant a lot to me when I was like first getting like I think this is definitely this and arrested development were like the first TV shows that I was watching. Um, like that word, like sitcoms and shit. Mm-hmm. And it still holds up for the most part, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, even the fact, I mean, it's old now, you know, it was early 2000, mid, early to mid 2000s. Ended in 2010. Like it's, it's old. Like it's, 20, but it's still very watchable. Like 20, even though the tech 13, is old. 13? Yeah. Even though, like all the tech on the show is like super old. Like it just feels like, I think it also is like a, like a really good um time capsule. Yeah. Like the fact that they're working like the mundane like the mundanity of it all. Yeah. That they're a struggling paper company, paper distributing company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And yeah. like they're just it's just a regular office job. Like you know, like do those jobs really exist anymore? Like do like mom and pop paper companies work? I mean not that it was a mom and pop, but like you know what I mean? Yeah, like those, no, no. Those, I, I 100%. That's a dying industry and will never... Pro- like, will, It's just a place in time. Yeah, and I, I think that also, like, the true genius of the show for me is, like, it was able... Well, one, it's able to, like, really pinpoint the kind of, like, shift to white-collar, uh, you know, employment that, like, office space started to outline. But, like, this felt like this was just commonplace, like regular everyday like white collar working which you know I, i've i've worked in a similar space i worked in the taxi industry and like that was a dying industry that like is no longer really like something that w- most people would even know exists nowadays mm-hmm. if they hadn't heard about heard about it before but like it it, it does capture this like kind of niche uh industry that existed and then like finds like something interesting in the ordinary or like the relationships like mm-hmm. so yeah i think that the show really does like have its pulse or have its finger on the pulse of like everyday people for the most part mm-hmm. so i was able yeah i was able to relate to it like you do end up finding community amongst like the people you hang out with the most at work and that's just kind of how it goes all right what would you rate the first episode oh god two Point five. Really, I actually think it's a good pilot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be honest. Like rewatching it now, I'm like, yeah, it's pretty funny. I, I, I think also what's like really good about it is that the characters are still the characters. Yeah, like they like, don't really change. Much. It just feels like it, it. did feel like oh, like there's Dwight, 
being young Dwight, you know, like that intensity that he always had, like the first few seasons and his intensity kind of like waned waned as like the show goes on. So it does feel like that's just him being young Dwight and being like, like a role person, you know? But definitely feels like they had like a good grip on the characters in the first episode. Yeah. But yeah. it was just, I mean, it was hard to watch. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm giving it a, a like a historical 2.5. Like from the first time that I watched it to now, like I just, it's a hard pilot for me to watch. Yeah, that's fair. What about you, Michelle? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I still love it. It is different from like the rest of the show, but I still like like the pilot. I think I'd rate it a, I don't know. I don't want to say five. But I probably would give it a five. Yeah. What would you rate the series? A five. Like include including the bad seasons? <laughs> or the including the Michael Scott leave seasons? I don't think there's necessarily a bad season, personally. Season I think season eight, eight is where like is the bad. there's some stuff there, but there's plenty of stuff to like <laughs> that isn't just like the op- the fake obstacles or whatever. It's watchable. Like it's not like, oh god, like a what a slog. Yeah. I'm still giving so it a go five. five. I don't care. Hell I'm yeah. biased. Yeah. Five. Hell all yeah. around. Yeah, that's fair. I think the first episode, probably a four, because it's not, like, perfect. But it is, like, I know everything that I'm getting into. from Like, I think it's a good thesis for the entire series. And for the whole show, I mean, I'd go probably 4.5. I would even go a five, because I remember the excitement of, like, watching yeah. the show like when it was premiering and like just being excited because like you built this huge rapport like this Mm -hmm. you've you've been with these characters for so long and like it just it just felt like home it felt comfort it felt like it's just enjoyable to see them like interact with each other Mm -hmm. so i would go five two for the series for the series yeah i think for the series i would also give it a a high four Okay. 4.5 sounds good. Okay, you can you can leave now. This is the five below. <laughs> you said 4.5 originally. But yeah, like now that I've like watched it all, I like you could easily throw on an episode, any episode and just feel like good feelings inside. Like, oh yeah, yeah my my buds. Yeah. You know? Cuz also the thing about like once you've already watched it once, you already know all the characters, mm-hmm. so like you know all the things that they've done already and like it just kind of adds to it. Yeah. It's so impressive. Yeah. It is really an impressive feat that they were able to just capture, like, they feel like their own people. Like, the fact that I can say Dwight in the for, in the, in the pilot, right? Yeah. Like, that, like, oh, yeah, that's just Dwight being Dwight. And I still recognize who he is in the first episode versus the last episode. I think is still really impressive that they had such a hold on these characters throughout the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. All right, well, we'll close it up there. Check it out, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> everywhere. A small show not, that nobody's ever now. heard of. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for chatting, guys. I know this was a long time coming. All right. Well, <laughs> bye, all right, guys. Bye. Peace. All right. Bye.